Fresh opportunities arise. Father, the creative ideas, Father, come in Jesus' name. I thank you that you are the God of creativity. Lord, it's inherent in your nature. Lord, and thank you that we are created in your image. Lord, let creative ideas flow in Jesus' name. Creative ideas that will generate wealth and bring blessing to people today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, all right. Why don't you just, just give somebody a high five next to you? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Angel. Great job. How are you all doing this morning? You all right? You come expecting to receive something this morning? Fantastic. So have I. <laughs> it is great to be with you. I just want to encourage you, those, um, uh, especially for those who are in need, uh, I want to encourage you. This is a family. Church is not just a, an organization. Church is a family. And... Um, if there are people here that you're in need as a, you know, part of the church family, please never, ever, uh, never hold back in coming forward. I, I know that people always uh, have needs. Uh, sometimes there's financial, sometimes there's food, sometimes there's um, practical needs. But the beauty of being in a family is this, that somebody knows somebody that can always help. Right? And there's always somebody that's got somebody, something that can help, whether it's financial help or whatever. It's no good that no one should just suffer in silence. It's, it's not what church is about. Um, there are some things that are own doings, but if you're prepared and, and if you really want to be made whole, there's always solutions. There's always provision in the house of the Lord. Uh, so I encourage you, please, if you are in a place of darkness and somewhere in your life and you do need help, practical help, please don't hesitate in coming forward and, and asking. It's no good to be just by yourself in silence. I, I also want to encourage you today is, is I do believe that God is... Um, doing something in our lives. God is doing something powerful. God has always wanted to bring us forward in life. I preached earlier on that the righteous keep moving forward. And it's important that we have a sense or we know we're, we're moving forward in our lives. Uh, if you're a believer, uh, God wants you to be moving forward, uh, forward in your, in your relationships, forward in your relationship with him, with the people around you, forward financially, forward uh, in your understanding, forward in your emotions, having a forward momentum. It doesn't matter if it's a fast pace or not. It's just that you're moving forward. And whenever God is bringing change, whenever God wants us to move, there will always be tension. There is always tension. Whenever uh, God brings us into a place of growth, there will be conflict, no doubt about it. And sometimes, I was just talking to Dad during the week, is that sometimes we, we expect the conflict to be something else than what it is. And where God has wanted to bring change in, in parts of our life, there'll be areas of conflict will start start to emerge in, in various places. Sometimes it could be with a, uh, within your, could be in your relationship with work, could be uh, anywhere in your life. And often, what people don't do is they don't recognise one the conflict or the pressures that are, or the the disruptions that are going around their life to actually God using that to speak into our heart to shift us and to grow us. And uh, so I encourage you today. I know that there is a, I can feel um, when there's a spiritual conflict going on around people's lives. I can feel when there's a spiritual conflict going on in the atmosphere because conflicts will start to arise. Interpersonal conflicts will start to come up. Things will, people react in different ways. When, whenever I, 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 I hear that, remember what I spoke about last week, having the discipline to listen, that your ears become tuned, not just to physical sounds, but you can your, heart, your ears become tuned to the sounds or the, the cry of the heart, but your ears can also be tuned to what's going on in the spirit as well. And if you learn to listen, if you tune your ears and learn to listen in the spirit, you can hear what God is wanting to do. You can hear the cry of people. And uh, I want to encourage you today, if, if, there are, if there is tension, even, even right now, you just I encourage you to be open, humble for the Lord, to allow Him to speak and to shape your life. I, I do believe God is moving us forward and lifting us up in every part of our life. I, I, I really believe in for that, and I'm committed to that. Um, just talking to Pastor Mike, my dad, during the week, with uh, he's been ministering with Apostle Maldonado. He'll be coming home tomorrow, and just had some amazing times just seeing the power of God move. Uh, Apostle was saying, uh, he was on a live TV show, and uh, I think it was some part of Southern, Amer Southern America, and some somebody was having a mind about, about the miracles. And there was one particular guy, I think it was a cameraman who was in the room somewhere and he was short of a rib. He was missing a rib and not just one because he was a man. He, didn't, man he, didn't. 
He was actually short of a rib. He was, you know, probably two, two ribs short. And uh, anyway, the apostle prayed for him right there on the spot. Bang. And they told him, count your ribs again. Got someone to count his ribs. Not just tickling either. Just, you know, count the ribs. And there it was, a creative miracle. Just, uh, just appeared like that. And uh, so I believe that God has wanted to release miracles. And let's create an atmosphere where God will do that, where that, 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 uh, that our faith will come higher, that, our, that our, our level of expectancy will come up to another level. And if there's no expectancy, expectancy draws the power of God. Expectancy draws, um, it, it draws the dimension of heaven around your life. And uh, so I encourage you, be in a place of expectancy. We are believing to really shake this place. It'll be, the, it'll be a fantastic event, but not just an event. I'm really believing that our, the spiritual climate will be lifted in our lives, that we'll see more people come to Christ, that our influence will grow, that people's lives will be transformed, that our level of expectation would come up. You get what you expect. If you've got no expectation, you might get something. But when you expect something, when you expect, when you put a, expectation puts a pull on the heavens. When you come expecting for something, like my kids come expecting for something. When they're not expecting, they don't get. But when they expect in it, you can tell the difference. I want something and eventually it gets to the point where you, where something is released. So this morning I encourage you, allow your expectation to be lifted. Allow God to do something in your life. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Hey, I want to just bring you a word this morning. Uh, one of the things I've just been really sensing uh, is from the beginning of the beginning of the year and even early last year was the was empowerment and uh, God I believe wanted to bring us into a new and fresh level of empowerment. Uh, when you are moving forward in life, you are empowered. When you're stagnant, you are disempowered inside of your life. And uh, one of the things I we, we were talking uh, we were singing before about thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. It's actually about a power shift in our life where people have a fresh dimension of power from heaven inside of their life. Things can shift. You find that people in their lives, every, people everywhere are either living in a place of empowerment or disempowerment. And it's expressed. You can see it. You can, you can feel it around a person. You can feel when a person is in a place of empowerment. You can feel when a person is in a place of disempowerment. And so I want to talk a little bit about this morning. And we're going to open up the scripture in, in Acts chapter 3. And uh, if you're new and you're unfamiliar with how to read the Bible, one of the things that we can look at is and how I get something out of the Bible is this. I'll take a piece of scripture. In this case, it's a narrative. It's not a poem. It's not a piece of poetry. It's, not, it, it's actually a narrative in its, in its context. So the story is about an experience that happened with, a pe- with people. So how do I get something out of the Word? One of the things we do is look at the context and look at the people who are involved. And every person will find themselves in this story somewhere. You'll find that you're either one or the other or part of the crowd. So it says here in, in, chapter th- in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. It was the ninth hour, which works out about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And there was a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid, at the te- laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the building, into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. In verse 4, fixing his eyes upon him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Look at us. Verse 5, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. Somebody say, expecting. That doesn't sound very expecting. I'm expecting. Come on. I'm expecting something. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And then he took him. Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, somebody say immediately. His feet and ankle bones receive strength. Somebody say, I'm receiving strength this morning. You're going to receive strength this morning. You're going to see receive strength. And the Bible says, and it carries on. Immediately he received strength. So he, leaping up, he didn't grovel up to his feet. He leapt to his feet. And leaping up, he stood and walked and entered in the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all, God's, all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew this guy, this guy here was the beggar. Been begging there all his life. The story is about a person, obviously, who is lame. And uh, when you start to read the story, how do you get something out of it? You start to look at what does it symbolically mean? 
to Belaim. What are, what are the symbolisms in here? And uh, so today I want to just unpack that a little bit because I believe this is relevant for every person here. Uh, when he's talking about, the, the, the Bible says that there was a man who was lame from his mother's womb. The word lame simply means to be without strength, specifically to be without strength from the waist down or to be specifically without strength in your legs and your feet. Simply means to be disempowered. And this is one of the, thing, one of the reasons why I believe I want to offend God speak again this morning is uh, there are people today, there are people that are physically lame, but there are many people, they are spiritually lame or they're lame in their soul. It doesn't take much to see when somebody is either spiritually lame or lame in some part of their life. People everywhere, even Christians, pastors I know, and one, <laughs> it's amazing, they can experience, experience empowerment in one part of their life, but there's other parts of their life that is without strength. Without strength. Sometimes it manifests in uh, an interpersonal relationship. Sometimes it manifests when it comes to prayer. There's various ways in which uh, the lameness of a person can manifest. You could be physically strong, but lame in your spirit. You could be physically strong, but lame in your emotions. There's no strength. There's no strength of heart. People here today, be, you'll, be, you'll find that there is a, uh, uh, parts of our life that are without strength. And this person here, uh, the word being lame simply means to be in defeat as well. Where... Uh, People are without strength. Uh, they live in a place of defeat. On the outside, they can look like things are together, but actually in their heart, they can be living in defeat. You may be here today and you look good on the outside, and, uh, but in your heart, you may be in a place of defeat. In your heart, you may be aware that there is lameness inside of your life. Maybe it's in your uh, finances. Maybe it's in your, your emotions. or There's part of you that, that is without strength. Uh, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when somebody is strong in the Lord, what are the things that you notice about them is they're really happy, regardless of what's going on around them. It's not a place of fantasy. It's not a place of um, uh, uh, disconnection. It's knowing my circumstance, but knowing my strength comes from the Lord. Actually, I'm strong in the Lord. I was talking to my dad when he was sick with a heart, with a heart issue. And uh, one of the things that was very evident about him, even though his body was weak, he was very, very strong in spirit. You have to walk into the room and you can feel and experience the strength of his spirit. Some people, they don't have that. It does not take much for them to not come to church. It doesn't take much for them to get sad. It doesn't take much for them to explode in anger. It doesn't take much for them to be cynical. One of the things you'll find is as you start to hear, as you start to tune your ears, you'll find that people everywhere are in a place of, uh, either in a place of defeat or a place of disempowerment. The specifically, lameness talks about the legs or the feet. The legs or the, or the, the lower part of our life uh, speak largely of our decision-making capacity. So whenever, whenever you hear or read about legs or feet, it's symbolic of your decision-making capacity. Uh, for example, in Psalm 37, 3, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's talking about decisions. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, he's talking about walking in the Spirit. So whenever we read legs or uh, feet, we're talking about our capacity to decide, our capacity to make decisions, which ultimately this, it ultimately shapes the rest of our life. Our life largely is shaped, one, by environment, but mostly it is shaped by decisions that we make. It's often shaped by decisions of the heart, decisions of the mind, Outside decisions, decisions that you make all the time, and where uh, where somebody's disempowered, you find that they make decision they make decisions that lead to destruction, or they they make decisions that lead to uh, bad outcomes or negative outcomes. Sometimes people uh, they're lame; they have no strength in the the area of their of of how to handle finances or understanding of finances. When, when somebody gets like that, you'll find that they become disempowered financially. When people make bad financial decisions, they find that they make, you come into a place where you're in, in, in debt, you become lame. All of this has to do with, with 
where we are in our heart or where we are in our thinking. You'll find that there's conflict in people's lives when you find that there's conflict uh, interpersonally. You'll find that somewhere people will demonstrate their lameness. People will demonstrate their disempowerment. And the more you see it, the more, and the more you hear it, the more you'll start to see. Actually, far more people are disempowered. But this is the reason Jesus Christ came, is to help shift that power and shift the power balance in our life where we are dis- once disempowered, we come into a place where we are strength, where we're a place of strength. Where people once walk in depression, they can come into a place of joy and fulfillment. So our legs and speak, our legs and feet speak largely of our decision-making capacity, which ultimately shapes and directs the course of our life and the legacy that we live. It's your body. It's your life. You are the boss of it. We teach this at kids. If you're the boss, there are some things that you are responsible for. You are responsible for your heart. You are responsible for the decisions that you make. The decision to be responsible for what we are responsible for. <laughs> That's a decision to decide, actually, there are things that I am responsible for. And to make that, the first step is to make the decision, actually, there are some things I am responsible for. I am responsible for my attitude. No one else is responsible for it. I am responsible for it. I am responsible for the decisions I make. There are some parts of my life maybe in a place where uh, it's been affected by the decisions of others. But nonetheless, you still have a place of decision. You have the capacity of free will. You have the capacity to decide. Regardless of your entrance, regardless of your circumstance, you have the capacity to decide. You have the capacity to decide to get angry or sad. You have the capacity to decide whether you're going to get angry and cynical or not. You're going to have the attitude, you're going to have the dis- power the decision to decide how or what you will respond to whatever comes around your life. That is where you find, and that is where you discover where you have strength in your soul or strength in your spirit or not. When you get put into a situation that is difficult, when you get put into a situation that is testing, that is where you find whether you have strength of spirit or not. Regardless of what you profess, Actually, how you respond and your behavior will actually reflect really what you truly believe. I am responsible for what's going on inside of my heart. No one else is. I am responsible for my choices. I am responsible for my actions. If I get angry, it's no one else's fault. It is my own. Even in business, one of the things uh, I was looking at a uh, just reading up of, of a consultancy the other day, people blaming the failure of their business upon the environment. Yes, that may be so, but this particular guy spoke opposite. He said, no, actually, there are mitigating factors in the environment, but largely you are the boss of your business. What happens in your business is decided by you. All right? A person who is empowered actually takes responsibility. The, the locus of control sits largely in my own heart, not what goes on around there. And for me, one of the things I do as a pastor is I've got to make sure that I am dictating the environment around me, that I am aware of the choices that I make and I am making empowered choices and I'm taking responsibility for the choices that I make, even down to whether I save or not the choices of what I eat or not, the choices of how I react to conflict. This particular guy, he was lame, and the Bible says that he was laid at the gate called beautiful. The word beautiful means to, uh, to come into a place of purpose. A lot of people, they find they don't come into a place of fulfillment simply because they are lame in parts of their life. They're struggling to get into this place of uh, promise, but actually the the incapacities or the lameness of the soul stops them from going into that place of promise. Where people are are frustrated, where life is not working out, or they're not experiencing the fullness of life. Some people, disempowered people, they will blame others or they'll blame the environment, but somebody who's empowered would say, actually it's up to me to look at something in my own heart and to make the changes in my own heart. Where am I lame in my heart? Where do I need strength? Where am I disempowered in here or in here that I need somebody to help me? 
all of us, I, I, I certainly am not perfect. And there are, there are effects around my life that I'm not happy with. But instead of blaming them, a weak person would blame them. One of the things I have to learn to do is this, to start to take responsibility for what's going on in here. The more I do that, the more I start to create a, a much more positive effect in the world around me. It's, it's as simple as that. The more I take responsibility for what is going on, the more I will gain strength that would be demonstrated on the outside. So this particular man, it says here that he had to, he was carried daily. In other words, every day he was dependent upon somebody to carry him to this place that he could get a handout. This particular man, there was no hope for him. He wasn't even allowed, according to tradition, he wasn't even allowed into the temple courts. He had to sit outside. So his whole life was, a, was one of a, of a benefactor. In other words, there was no value. His life was producing little or no value. No one else's, no one else's life apart from himself was being made better by his actions. As people, uh, especially as believers, one of our core things that we've got to do is, is, that must come out of our life is that there is, a, there is a value output of our life. In other words, we are making somebody else's life better somewhere. We are bringing hope into the world around us. But for so many Christians, they still remain in a place of defeat, still remain in a place where they're still looking for somebody else to carry them. And they wonder why they never, ever come into a place of fulfillment. My friends, one of the first things we're going to look then is maybe there is something in my heart that is lame and maybe there is somewhere that I just need the hand of God to come upon me. Empowerment is, a, is, a, is something that we're called to live by. He was carried daily. He was dependent upon the kindness of others. This wasn't a once-off need for help, but it was his whole life. All of us will find ourselves in a place that we need somebody's help upon us. There are times I need it. There are times, there are people I know that I could call and say, I need a toe. <laughs> I'm broken down. I need a toe, right? I was talking to my mate the other day. He was, I broke down in Auckland, and he didn't believe I was up there. But nonetheless, he came up and towed me all the way back. This was when I was much younger. But if, you can, if, if I'm having to phone up every day, uh, I, I need a toe. I need a ride. It, it points to something else, <laughs> all right? It's one, to, it's one thing to know to be in a time of, of financial need. But when you're daily in a place of financial need, when you're daily asking for a handout, when you're daily asking for something, you'll find that actually points to something else. When, I mean, encouragement is good. Every one of us needs encouragement. I need encouragement. <laughs> I like it when people encourage me. But, if I need people's encouragement in order to sustain my sense of empowerment, then, I, then there must be a part of my heart. If I need the accolades of people in order to be empowered, then there's a part of my heart that is lame. I needed that. I needed people's approval. I'd say things. I'd do things in order to gain people's approval. Why? Because I wanted them to like me. Why? Because there was something lame in my own heart. That's why I did what I did. The issue, it wasn't whether they encouraged me. That wasn't it. Actually, it was about what was going on inside of here. The moment I decided, actually, I will make a decision to find my strength in the Lord. I'll make a decision to find my strength first and foremost in His Word and what He says about me. I will take responsibility for my, my own emotions. I'll take responsibility for the way my life is going and I will take responsibility for the atmosphere around me. The moment I decided to do that, everything changes. I love encouragement, but I don't need it. I love being encouraged. It's a good thing to encourage people. Encouragement empowers people. But if you, if you find yourself, you consistently need that. Then there's a part of your own heart that is lame. As pastors, you do need as a pastor, I need encouragement. But if I if I have to have it, if I'm dependent upon what others do or don't do, then there's something in my heart that's lame and needs fixing. You'll find that whenever somebody is powerless or disempowered, when somebody is lame, there is always a compensation somewhere. Every single time. There is, always a, there, there is always a compensation where people have a lack of strength. You, I, I can tell you now, if you've seen a dog that has hurt its leg, the dog will limp. 
there's a compensation. There's a limp somewhere. When a person is hurt, you'll find that there's a shifting of balance of their life. When a person's hurt their right leg, they'll generally walk with the pressure on their left leg. Why? Because there's a compensation. Anything to get rid of the pain. And this is where for a lot of people we live, we, we get to the point where we're consistently for the rest of our life or for the majority of our life, we're limping. Until it gets to the point where we forgot what it's like to walk on two legs strongly again. We got so used to walking crooked, actually it's become our culture. And I've got no now frame of reference to what it means to walk straight. For some people, their, their whole life is wrapped up with rejection. Their whole life is wrapped up with depression or demonic bondage. And they got so used to living that way, it's become a culture. It's become normal. All right? Until you have a, a counterculture, until you have a meeting with something else that, or somebody else that just says, actually, your life is different, positively different to mine. What have you done which is different? There's always a compensation somewhere. The issue is not that you need help. The issue is this. Will you be prepared to deal with what's really going on inside of your life? Sometimes people, this guy here, he was born lame. In other words, he had no other frame of reference of what it was like to walk. He could only see it. He could only watch other people do it, but had no frame of reference for himself. And I've seen some people... Uh, Look, I'm very, very blessed in that I have been raised in an environment which is healthy. I have to say that. My dad's going to listen. <laughs> no. I have lived in a, a life that is healthy. Sure, there was times where we didn't, we, we didn't have any money. We had to bike everywhere. We, uh, there was times where dad got a little bit angry, but he was abusive. I had a good environment. Some people, it's different from that. You've walked it, you've grown up in a lame environment. The fact that the reason I came up in a healthy environment was somebody decided to deal with the lameness in the family. The best solution for a broken past is a fixed future. <laughs> Today I have the strength that I have because somebody else dealt with some of the weaknesses. I've still got to deal with weaknesses. But you'll find that some people you've never experienced, you don't know what you don't know. And that's why as a church, it's important that we model healthy relationships. It's important that we learn how to relate to one another in a healthy way. That we know how to handle conflict when somebody annoys us. We know how to handle it well. Yeah? Instead of bringing out the fist or bringing out the mouth or bringing loosen the tongue or something like that, actually I know how to handle conflict. For some people, that's the way that they handle conflict. That's the way that they compensate. I was talking last week about the discipline to listen. For me, for some people when they hear or experience an angry person going off, some people would just say that this person needs a clip in the head. If you're just listening with your, if you're just listening with your natural ears, you'll just, just yell back. But actually one of the things you'll find is that if you start to listen, anger is a secondary emotion. Behind every anger, there's always something else going on inside of the heart. Anger, largely for guys, is an expression of fear. People get angry because they're afraid. So whenever I hear uh, somebody, there's one thing to be frustrated, but it's, it's, it's another thing you can, when somebody starts to speak words and you can feel the barb, you can feel the spiritual impact of that, you can feel the anger, you can feel the, the spirit of the words behind it. It tells me that there is something, a place of disempowerment somewhere inside of their heart. Easy way to try it. Easy way to experiment is this. Get somebody to try something new. And you'll find that if there's a place of empowerment, they'll respond strongly. Somebody who's empowered will be willing to learn new things. Even if it means failure, it doesn't matter. But for some people, they find if they're disempowered, that means if they're trying to learn something new, They'll get a massive reaction. The issue always come back, comes back to the place of fear. So you'll find that people everywhere have a compensation for the lack of empowerment inside of their life. I wonder what part of your life you're compensating for. Look, even in ministry, I've seen preachers get up, and I know very, very well they're projecting something in order to impress someone else because actually 
They don't like who they are on the inside. They're actually disempowered and they're trying to use the power to bring a power balance inside of their life. It doesn't work. People see through it and eventually it comes down. You can only maintain their compensation for so long. Maybe people are here today and you're facing, you're experiencing powerlessness in your life. Maybe it's the way that you react. Maybe it's the way that you carry on and behave. Don't, some people just play that down as, oh, I don't know. That's just their, no, you're the one that has responded in that way. Around the areas of finances. You can blame other people. No, 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 you've made the decision. Well, I got a big shout out to Janice who, who was left in a, in a horrendous way financially. She is an invalid's benefit. But nonetheless, she took responsibility for her finances and took responsibility for the condition that she was in. She got to a point now where she paid off with her debt and she was even able to fund people to go overseas. Somebody somewhere took a sense of empowerment as, as opposed to reacting angrily and blaming this and blaming that. Sure, there were some tough times. Sure, there was, there was a, some emotional times in there. But at the core of it, at the end of what she did was she took responsibility and her life was changed as a result. Instead of being uh, just a receiver of value, she also became a producer of value for somebody else. She helped make somebody else's life better. Even though she's on a sickness beneficiary, she could still, out of a spirit of faith, make somebody else's life better. That's somebody who's empowered. That's somebody who has a sense of empowerment in their soul. I lived next door to her for a, little, for a few nights, and I could hear her praying at, at, at night time. That's been the source of her strength. That's why prayer is such a powerful thing. So he was carried daily. He was asking for helms. Essentially, he just wanted to be supported in his current condition. One of the things I find with people is people come for help. People go to courses because they're looking for something to change inside of their life. But what they actually need to change is not always what they think. What they think they need changing is not always what they actually need to change. A lot of people, they just get to the point, they'll sit on the edge of church. This guy was sitting on the edge of the temple. So relationally, he was just, just out here a bit. And all he wanted to do is be validated in his current position. That's all his frame of reference was. I, I, I ever wonder whether he even had in his heart that there was a possibility that he could be healed. It wasn't that long uh, after Jesus had passed, had, had, had passed into heaven. He may have had an understanding of miracles, but his whole frame of reference was simply, how can I survive today? How can I survive just tomorrow? How can I survive? And that mentality, my friends, lives in the hearts of so many people. The way that you think about life, the way that we behave, it is simply a survival mentality. And when somebody is in that survival mentality, they react quickly, they can explode, or they can go into a place of depression and isolation. Either one of those compensations, whether it's in a, 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 an aggression of some sort or withdrawal or some point, some people will go to the point where they get so needy, so needy. So people compensate either way. Either or, it still points to the fact there's a place in your heart that needs disempowerment. The arms and the kindness of people will only go so far to bring you relief. But unless we deal with what's going on inside of our own heart, unless we deal with the sense of powerlessness, you will find that you'll never, ever really move over the threshold of purpose that God has for you. You'll always find yourself looking at other people going to financial blessing, looking to other people going to relational blessing, looking for other people to get into relational wholeness. You've been to all the courses, you've been to the seminars, but unless you allow something else to transform inside of your heart, you still be out in a place of powerlessness. I can tell straight away when somebody is power, either in a place of powerless. So the first thing Peter looked at him is this. He looked at this man and said, hey, look at us. So this man, he would have been sitting here. I've seen beggars. And they get such, they get a look about them where their eyes become blank and, and, and the fact that they, they are so used to uh, not engaging with people that their eyes can just wander. So he would have had his hand out like that and not actually looking at them. He's absent-minded about what he was doing. 
He got so involved. He was so customized, climatized to doing that. Actually, his whole mind had left him. First thing Peter did, look at us. One of the first things Peter had to do was snap him out of his perspective. Snap him out of his perspective in life. Get your eyes off just wandering around and looking at what everyone else is. Look at me. Give me your attention. There's something about the eyes. The eyes are, the gate, are connected to the heart. The eye is the gateway to the soul. Peter is not just looking at him internally, but looking into his eyes and looking into the heart, looking into the soul of the man. I don't know if you've ever had a counseling session with my dad. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when he starts to looking, it's kind of like you're not just looking at me. You're looking right into my heart. And it's like sometimes not even saying anything. And you, you know, he's looking at the good things, and he, but he's also looking at some... It's all of a sudden those places of disempowerment start to, start to get, oh, oh, you can see me. <laughs> the eyes are the gateway to the soul. You can look into the person's eyes. He's looking not just at his physical condition, but looking into his heart and saying, here's a man who is... Uh, on the outside looks broken, but on the inside, here's a man that God loves. Here's a man that is experiencing disempowerment. And this is one of the reasons why I'm here today. This is why I got filled with the power of the Holy Spirit just two or three days ago, is to bring that same resurrecting power into this man's life. I can see that this man here needs a power shift in his life. He doesn't just need money. He doesn't need money. What he thinks he needs, he doesn't really need. What he actually needs is something to be shifted in his own heart. You don't need another counselling session. Oh, some of you may. <laughs> Actually, what you need to do is start to take responsibility. The part of your heart that's broken. Peter's not just looking at, but looking at what this man's about to do. He does, he's look, Peter's looking at this guy and thinking, I oh, know something's come over me. I don't know what I'm doing here right now. I was just on my way to pray, but here's this guy and he's lame and... Oh, it's too late now, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> and so Peter's, look at, look at us. You've got to snap out of the perspective that you're starting to see the world in. The way that you see the world, the way that you're seeing your circumstances. You've got to snap out of that and bring some focus into your life. It was one thing to say, rise up and walk. But you look at what Peter did. Look at us. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I freely give it to you. All of us will find ourselves in the position of either Peter and John or the lame man, Fred. It's not his name, but yeah. all of us will find ourselves in that place somewhere in our life, myself included. Sometimes you'll see the person and think, well, what can I do to help? What can I do about it? I love, what, I love Peter's boldness. And something about boldness will just open doors for you. There's something about boldness. There's something about expectation. You see, there's expectation on both sides. <laughs> the man was expecting to receive. Peter was expecting something to happen, something powerful to happen. Don't always know what's going to happen, but sometimes you've just got to come into a place of boldness. All of us have something to give. If you're here today and you're filled with the Spirit of the Lord, you have something to give. I'll tell you now. You have authority in the name of Jesus. You have, the, you have heaven in your heart that just needs to be released. So one of the things Peter did, he said, it says he took him by the right hand. The translation took simply, it doesn't mean just grabbed him by the little hand. No, no, no. Peter looks at this guy and he grabbed him by the right hand and hauled him to his feet. The Bible says that when you look at the translation, it says he grasped him. He didn't just hold him by the little pinky. Oh, come on. No, that's exactly what he did. He grasped him by his hand, took him by the right hand and hauled him to his feet. And as soon as he got hauled to his feet, strength came into his leg. He grabbed him by the right hand. And a couple of things I just want to just encourage you with and just to, just to finish off this. It wasn't just an ordinary hand. One, the power, there's something about the right hand. The right hand is symbolic of where the power of God moves. When you stretch out your right hand, be expecting for the power of God to move inside of your life. 
The right hand is also symbolic of the hand of blessing. Reaching out, one, to be able to give a blessing, but two, to be able to uh, receive a blessing as well. The right hand is symbolic of power and strength, but it's also symbolic of commitment. When the right hand was extended and the right hand was received and, and there was a grasp that takes place, it was a symbol of covenant commitment. In other words, I've got you and I'm not going to let you go. We're going to walk this thing through together. I am committed to working this out. I'm committed to standing with you. I'm committed to walking through you, with you, out of your place of brokenness, out of your place of lameness, out of your place of disempowerment. I am committed. We're both committed to this thing together. One of the things you notice about Peter, he didn't stand up and pray a remote prayer. Oh, Lord, the guy over there, touch him. No, no, Peter got engaged with the man, got involved in his life. Committed to relationship. If you want to get a friend, if you want to get empowered into your life, you've got to be committed to relationship. There has to be a mutual commitment. You've got to be committed to, to, to restoration. You've got to be committed to change. You've got to be committed to being, uh, being helped. You've got to be committed to allowing yourself to be lifted up. Peter, hold him. I mean, uh, Peter's a fisherman, a big burly man. He just hauled that boy to his feet. For, for a few seconds, his, his legs are probably still folded up. And he's just dangling there. I don't know about you, but I've hauled my kids to their feet sometimes. Sometimes when I haul the kids to their feet, they just jump up. Come on, Dad, pick me up. Some, when they pick them up, it's like, I don't, it's like they're just twice as heavy as they normally are. They're just pulling back down again. This man, he strung up. As soon as he felt the strength started to come into his legs, he sprung up and got to his feet. He's put his feet down, standing again. I tell you now, working with people and get a firm grasp of their life, get a grasp of their finances, get a grasp of their emotions, get a grasp of the way that they're carrying on and behaving, get a grip of their life. Somebody, some people will, will, will respond and you'll find that strength will come into their life. And they don't need hours and hours of counselling. Other people will let you get a hold of their life for a little bit, but their feet will just remain dangling. And before long, it's kind of like uh, 30 seconds has gone by, a minute's gone by, and a day's gone by, and I'm still holding you up here, and you're still dangling. There was a response from Peter, one, that he was committed to bring you up. But the response was also reversed and that, yes, I'm committed to be brought, getting brought up again. You're in a great place in the church. There's people here. There is not a person here that doesn't have a problem that cannot be fixed or solved. But somebody in here has got the solution for somebody's answers. I can tell you right now. There are people here that have got mechanical expertise. There are people here that have got an authority in finance. There are people here that have got an authority on emotional and, and spiritual health. There are people here that have authority in different areas of your life. Allow them, they're in the body, not just to entertain us, but to help us come up to our feet, help us get strength in the part of our legs and part of our lives that are lame. We've got a freedom retreat coming up. It'll be an opportunity where... A great man will be able to get a hold of your life, but you've got to respond. You've got to put your feet down. And you've got to start to walk. This man here, he made the decision to put his feet down and start to walk. There was something about walking and um, something about stretching out with the right hand in Ezekiel, uh, in Ezekiel uh, in, in, in chapter 20. When God was speaking about uh, bringing Israel out of Egypt, the word Egypt the, the translation is, is Mortsor, which means a place of captivity. So this whole thing about extending the right hand or extending the hand to lift people up, it's, a, it's an expression that, that refers to uh, either lameness or captivity. So in this particular case in Ezekiel, where God's people were in a place of captivity, the Bible says here that I lifted, I stretched out my hand, my hand, and I lifted them up. When a hand is reached out, it's about lifting people up to a whole new level in life, lifting people out of captivity. Today, you have the power of God inside of your life. Let's use it to lift people up out of captivity. Let's not just pray remote prayers, God touch our city. Let's get right into the heart of the city and get a hand, firm grip on it. 
It's one thing to just to pray for somebody. It's another thing to get the hand of God, a firm grip, the hand of a man upon the person's life. In Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 41, it says, For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand and say to you, Fear not. Don't be afraid. I'm the one that helps you. Another place where the Israelites were in captivity. God's made a promise. I'm going to get you by the right hand. Again, it's symbolic of I'm going to bring fresh empowerment inside of your life. I want to bring you out of that place of captivity. Friends, God is still reaching out his hand to us today. In Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 2, it says, He who raised up the righteous man from the east and called him to his feet, gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings. He called him to his foot, called him to his foot. Today I'm here today to tell you if there's brokenness, if there's lameness inside of your life. One, I'm going to call you to your feet. Stand up. Two, you need to get a hold of your life. Get my hands on you. To be discipled. I need people's hands upon my life. I have a hand upon my life. I have somebody that asks me questions. I have somebody that has a grip on my life. And that person also has somebody else that has a grip on their life. And so does that person also. Friends, we all need somebody to get a hand upon our life. It's one thing to pray secret prayers to Jesus. But it's another thing to have your life open to somebody else's hand, the hand of ministry to come on and bring adjustment to your life. That, my friend, is where the place of empowerment comes up. To call to one's foot simply means call him to attend or think about those decisions. Another meaning it says, him who victory meeteth in his march. Him who victory meets in his march. In other words, you can pray for victory all you like, but at some point you have to allow God's hand to come upon you. You have to start making better decisions. You have to start making decisions under wise counsel. You have to start to make responsi- take responsibility for your decisions. You'll find that when you come into that place, when you hear the voice of God call you to your feet in whatever part of your life, and you respond to that, that is your place of victory. That will be your place of victory. I encourage you, my friends, today. I encourage you, my family. Wherever you are, it's lame inside of your life today. Spiritually lame, lame in your soul. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ. Make a decision today to have spirit to come around your life afresh. If there's tension going on, if there's issues you're facing, if there's challenges, friends, make a decision to allow somebody to get inside of your heart. You notice, just as we finish right now, the man was healed. There are three miracles that took place. There are three parts of his body that this healing took place. One, there was a realignment of bone structure. In other words, simply as this, there was a realignment of values inside of his life. You've got to rearrange the structure, the way that you live your life has to be realigned, has to come into alignment with kingdom values. If you're living your life out of alignment, you'll find that it'll create brokenness. He brought a realignment into his character, into his values. Two, his muscles became whole. Strength of spirit came into his muscles. The other part was three, his nerves. Speak about his heart and his emotions. I wonder where in your life today there was a brokenness, there was a lameness. I can pray pray a prayer right now, but that's just remote praying. Actually, what you need to do is what I'm offering for you today as, as, as the house of God, as the family of God, is extending a hand that God wants you to be made whole. But you've got to respond in your heart. You've got to allow somebody into those hearts, into that place that's vulnerable. Allow somebody to get their hand upon your life. It's going to be uncomfortable. You'll fight and squeal and kick and complain and get angry and probably want to leave the church or give me a resignation letter, whatever. Quit the team. Yeah, you be made to me. I'm not. But stop and listen, Lord. Is this just you trying to get your hand upon my life? Why don't you just close your eyes? 
Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have called us to walk in victory. You've called us to walk as people empowered of Your Holy Spirit. You haven't caused us to walk in defeat. You haven't called us to walk in as a lame person. You haven't called us to have our hands out for this, that, and the other thing. Lord, You've called us to be men and women, sons and daughters that bring value, that bring the king, Your kingdom into this world. Lord, I pray for every household, every person in this place this morning. For those that are experiencing lameness in their life, defeat, disempowerment. I thank you, Lord, that even right now, you are calling out to them. You are calling us up onto our feet, calling us up into a place of victory, calling us up into a place of empowerment, calling us up into a place of strength, calling us up to a place of prosperity, calling us up to a place of relational wholeness, calling us up to a place of emotional wholeness, calling us up to a place of joy and happiness, not defeat and sadness. Heavenly Father, today, Lord, Lord, I open my heart to You afresh, that You would come and that You would speak into me, Lord, that You would show me the areas in my heart that are disempowered, Lord, help me to grow today, I pray in Jesus' name. I thank you for the men and the women that you've placed around my life to speak. Lord, help me to be humble today. Help me to be have a spirit of humility that I'd like, my life could be adjusted. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear when you're speaking into my life. Lord, I pray for every person here. Help us, Lord. Give us the grace, I pray, to, to respond to you. Today we make that decision to respond to your voice and to stand up to face those parts of our life that are broken. Come Holy Spirit. Let your power fall in this room right now. Let your power fall on every life. Let your power fall on every family right now in Jesus' name. If you know in your a part of your life today. You just sense right now that the Holy Spirit is speaking. It's a part of your life that's disempowered, yet you can hear the voice of God calling you to your feet. I just want you to make one decision. That's it. I just want you to just stand to your feet right where you are. It's not a magical prayer, but it's an acknowledgement saying, Lord, I hear your voice. I know that there's parts of my life that are disempowered. There's parts of my life that are lame. But Lord, I hear you calling me to your feet, my feet. Today I'll respond to you. If that's you, the count of three, just stand to your feet. One, two, three. Come on, just stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your grace available to every person that stood. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your mercy, your resurrection power will come and fill their lives in Jesus' name. We'll all just stand to our feet right now. We're just going to worship. We're about to eat, aren't we, Joe? We've got some lunch prepared. Fantastic. Just stand to your feet. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence.